What's happening, you fat bastards? This is Mike. And this is Jim. And you're listening to Podcast Croissant. Hi, Jim. Word up, brother. Hey, man. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm back in Sydney now. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. How's yourself? What's going on? Still locked down. Still taking each day as it comes. I did mm-hmm, notice mm-hmm. the other day I put on a bit of weight. The old uh, belly's starting to... T-shirts are starting to get a bit tight. So I've been uh-huh, doing a bit uh-huh. of running around the block Good on this uh, Couch to 5K app. Oh, yeah. to yeah, me by one. Joe Wiley, who obviously presented Faith No More in 1997. Wait, wait, what? It was, it was referred by Joe Wiley. Is that what you're saying? No, no, she's the voice that speaks on the app. She tells me oh. what to do. Uh, I've been oh, listening to Sepultura while running around, which is quite good, because when someone's running mm-hmm. past you, you can look really mean. It's bloody Yep. It's the one of the few Sepultura songs I know. People are probably wondering why we're recording so often. It's because we've got fucking nothing else to do. And all, all we can think about is faith no more. You know, my son said to me the other day, I came down to go for my run and I had my hair in a ponytail. And he looked at me and he started laughing and he said, Daddy, <laughs> are you a girl? Ponytail. And now whenever he sees me, he chants and jeers at me, ponytail. So, yeah, I think I need to get the air cut. It's getting a bit long. I look at him like, a bit like a wizard. That's another reason why I started running, because I shaved my beard off. Because I was feeling a bit Gandalfy. Okay. I shaved my beard off and noticed I had a bit of a double chin going on underneath. So I thought, fucking hell, but now's the time to do a bit of exercise. Got loads of time on my hands. Why not do it now? How long have you had a beard? Um, well, it's the first time I've shaved it down since round about when I went to San Francisco, actually. Oh, so you've had, you've had it actually, short. No, it's, I, I had the full beard in San Francisco, so I haven't shaved the beard down. I haven't trimmed it mm. since probably January. Because so I always it picture you with a bit of a beard. It doesn't grow long, though. It doesn't grow long. It just uh-huh. grows bushy. Yep. Um, and it was getting a bit ridiculous, so I thought, all right, I'll get the clippers on it. It's horrifying when you first, when you when you get used to your face with a beard, and then you trim it all back, and you see all that hanging skin that sits you behind your chin, and you have that yeah. second chin yeah, sitting yeah, there, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, see, so I just yeah. keep the beard now. right i've got any housekeeping i've got no nothing funny to say and i've got nothing prepared nothing no funny monologues or anything to say so let's just crack into housekeeping yeah yeah well i think we felt like we were really going to try and move things along and get straight into watching this show and it's only a what pink pop's only a 35 minute thing so this this could potentially be one of our shorter episodes but um, yeah, no, I've, I've got a, I've got a couple of housekeeping things. Mm, me too. So right now, mate, I should be seeing Faith No More live. Of course. Yeah, they should be in the UK right now. They should have been the Manchester I had a whole week gig planned. I was going to every UK gig, all planned, and I'm not going. What date was Brixton set? That one, that's the one that should be happening now, right? I can't remember. I just know that it was this week. <laughs> no, tonight was Manchester. There was nine to tonight was in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to both, but I'm not there. Dude, I'm I was supposed there, to be Michael. in the UK now. Not there. I'm at home, Michael, not there. <laughs> <laughs> Your real voice is coming out again. <laughs> not there, Michael. Yeah, so I'm not there. Oh, did you know? Did, did you know? Uh, Jim Fact! 
11 years ago, on this eve, this eve, Mm -hmm. 11 years ago, I was in Brixton Academy watching Faith No More on the first gig since 1998. Ah, the Brixton show. Yeah, I was there 11 years ago today. That's the same amount of time that they'd been split. Yep. Good air. So that, yeah. It's another whole, yeah. I'll, I'll say it again. Holy moly. Dude, I should, I should be in the UK at the moment. That's, I, that's where I, I got tickets to Brixton. I should be there. Yeah. We should, we should be, be together, Jim. We should be hanging out. We should be, yeah. t- we should be together, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should we do some housekeeping? <laughs> yeah. See, it's so funny with this whole lockdown thing because it's, I've been on the fortunate side of things where I have been able to work from home. I have been able to, you know, my, my job's sort of maintained itself. So I, I'm certainly on the more fortunate side. And I am a real introvert, homebody, happy to not go anywhere. So I, I suppose why there's sarcasm when I, you know, get sad about the going out thing is that I'm so happy to be staying at home and just <laughs> keeping myself entertained. Um yeah, you know, I I do I do want to see things change for the sake of everybody, but um, yeah, it's it's I I have personally just just myself done okay out of this whole lockdown thing. So yeah, I'm fine too. Yeah. Feet up, watching yeah. films. It must be nice to get more time with the kids, right? Or are they at the point of doing your head? Yeah, did do do my head in, but no, it's <laughs> been all right. It's been all right. Homeschooling and all that, and knocking around and doing all that shit and setting fire to me garden and uh, yeah been fun been a good 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 couple of months right let's do some housekeeping yeah setting fire to your garden's a good a good pastime it's a good it's a good hobby to take up good so you don't want to elaborate you want to keep moving nah nah people can can make up their own mind on that one okay good housekeeping in last episode we said that king for a day was probably played live um, but then Bill talked mm-hmm. about Andy Wallace in that Q and A did with the dude from Sepultura, which was great. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, there's twice I've mentioned Sepultura in this episode already. Um, anyway, he said that Andy Wallace kept retracking things. So does that mean that the album wasn't recorded live? I don't know. What's your take on that, mate? Well, I, I wondered that, but the, the, I instantly just heard that as they were just fixing and dropping in on spots. Because even though it was recorded to tape, you can still you can still drop in. Um, so I got the feeling that they still tracked live as in Bill, at least Bill and, uh, Mike Borden were playing together. And then Andy Wallace sounds as though he had a real ear for noticing, you know, flat or sharp bass notes and anything that was out of tune. He would say to Bill, that note's out of tune and get him to fix it. Now, I don't know if that means that he retracked the entire song or quite possibly just dropped in on a single passage and just fix the spots that were off, um, which is you know very easy to do. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's probably still up in the air, but I'm still leaning toward thinking that the songs themselves were tracked live and then just little bits and pieces were touched up. Yeah, me too. I'd actually like to share something that came from Pablo at Bungle Weird. Shout out, Pablo. He, uh, shared Pablo. This, he shared this with me after the last episode, but it was just, you know, so we're, you know, let's, Stay on the topic of King for a day, and uh, especially last episode we talked about Just a Man, and uh, there was an interview they did with Trey. You can read the whole thing on Bungle Weird. You need to go back and find the, the Trey interview from 2003. 
But an interesting bit about just a man. Sorry, I'm just taping my fingers together. Carry oh, on. good. All of them, or just just two, just just two. Yep. Go ahead. Yep. Okay. Um. On the time you were on, uh, this is an answer. This is the question they had for Trey. On the time you were on Faith No More, did you ever take part on the compositional process of the album King for a Day? What are your favourite songs on the album? And Trey responds with saying, I like the last song. So he's referring to Just A Man. My proudest moment on that album was actually trying to convince Billy that that song had to be on the album. He accidentally played part of it when he was searching a cassette of his ideas and I made him rewind and play the whole thing for me. He writes a lot of great stuff like that, but I guess doesn't think it's any good. Isn't that ridiculous? If I had ruled Faith No More, I would have made Billy the main songwriter and Roddy the arranger for the more poppy stuff. In other words, it should have been those guys plus Puffy in a room hashing things out with the guitar coming in very late and the vocals coming in right at the end of the process. And that, what that's the did. only way that bet, which I kind of get the feeling that's most of what they do do. But he, he said that's the only way that band could work. And from what I can tell, it was always great when it was like that. I didn't really do shit on that album. All the good ideas are Billy's. Now, I mean, that's that's interesting. And that, like I said, that is 2003. So that's, you know, five years after Faith No More's split. And essentially, yeah. um, you know, we still don't know a lot about the recording process of that. But I mean, you know, he does, um, I guess there was a bit of collaboration with him and Patton on King for a Day. So he probably still has his memories that there was more involvement, whereas he's just saying it should just be Bill, Puffy, and Roddy in the room. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but this is a bit of fun. From a Q&A with Bill Gould in 2015, they bring this up where uh, they said to Bill, I remember that we, Bungle Weird, interviewed Trey back in 2003 and he said that his proudest moment during the King for a Day sessions was when you showed him a scratch of Just a Man and at that time it was a track that wasn't supposed to be on the album and he convinced you to make it. Bill Gould says, that's funny. Yeah, he did actually. You know what? That's true. And I forgot all about that. I wasn't sure we were going to even use it. And he was the one that really wanted it to happen. That's right. He's correct. Uh, Bungle would say, I think Just a Man is so good. One of the best Faith No More songs ever. And Bill Gould says, Trey was actually the guy at the very end of the thing. He had a lot to do with arranging that final part at the end. He made it a lot better. A lot. It was great working with him, and recording was great. Mm. How's that? So, I mean, that just yeah, cool. speaks more to my Trey love. Oh, yeah, your best friend, yeah. Trey. Yeah, my buddy Trey. Shout out, Trey. Shout out, Trey. Love to have you on the show. Love to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Yeah. More housekeeping? Um, housekeeping. Yeah, so since last episode, a couple of my friends listened to it, and... They were like, you were in a cabaret band. I was like, yeah, 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 I was, yeah. It was like 20 years ago. So of all those people out there that want to hear Jim singing cabaret, I thought I'd um, dig out a track <gasps> and we could play a section of it on here. Yes. What do you reckon? Yes, we can do we it? please? Can we do that yeah, now? Yeah, let's do it. Just, oh. This is myself rocking out a bit of a 70s party number for you guys. Fuck Yes. Baby, here I am, signed, 
Good times. Yeah. yeah, that was that was great, Jim. That was really great to hear. Really, really yeah, nice I'm, to look I back and have a bit of nostalgia. I killed show. it, man. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah, I was such an excellent cabaret singer. It hurts. What a, it hurts that you're not times. doing it anymore. It yeah, hurts the yeah. potential that you never legs are, it was never realised. All these fucking exercises I've been doing, man. Ooh. You finally have a platform of three yeah. listeners who get to hear. Yeah, get to reach. You get to reach the world. <laughs> cabaret, Jim. Cabaret, Jim. Cabaret GM. Love it. Yeah. Keeping on the audio side of things, I have something special that's been shared by Anonymous. Uh, Ooh, I know now him. I did, He's a right I, twat. Carry on. <laughs> I, did, uh, I did message you uh, before sleep and haven't actually shared this bit of audio with you. And I don't know if uh, – t- tell me if you're familiar with it, but there is a recording that goes around as like secret tray tape or – secret tray or something along those lines um there were some demos if you get on youtube and you search uh, uh trace bruins and you search for uh, i don't know how you pronounce it like scourge uh s-c-o-u-r-g-e there are these scourge demos i'm just going to say scourge but or scourge but scourge uh from 1990 uh, and there were like four sort of very bungly sounding Demos, but very rough, very four-track, uh, mostly guitar, uh, unusual things, and I'd not, I'd not heard these before. But there is a demo that Trey made around about apparently ninety two, ninety three, of a song that has the chorus of "What a Day," and that's as in the guitar line, the bass line. I was sent this one particular track that has this little moment. And I was uh, shown a sort of screenshot of this recording that looks like it has like 12 or so songs and they're all just called Tray Track 1 or whatever. And I said, oh, that's amazing. Can I, can I have a copy? And I was told no. Um, so this Fuck you, anonymous, anonymous person, yeah, this anonymous person was happy to say, I'm going to give you this one thing to share on the podcast. Um, and I, I will tell you, they're not part of the band. It's essentially, it, it, it's... I'd say it's like friend of a friend of a friend kind of scenario where someone's gotten a hold of something and at least they haven't leaked it, um, but they're willing to leak just this little bit so that we can hear a demo that comes from around about 92, 93, uh, essentially before Trey was a part of King for a Day recording. And this demo has a moment, at least this is the story that I was told, uh, so you know, take it for what it is. But yeah, this little moment of this demo, uh, Trey playing what sounds like the chorus to what later became What A Day. Interesting, anonymous. Thank you very much. Yeah, your uh, anonymity. Uh, what is it? How do you say it? your 
I'm, oh, you no, can no, say no. anonymity if you yeah, want. No, no, I'm not say anything because I'll make an okay. absolute fool of myself. That's what I we don't do. wish to make a fool of myself. Hey, do you know what? I'm keeping an eye on this. What, just today. Um, Faith No More followers this proper cool page. Uh, <laughs> okay. they've, they've recently they've put up like um, kind of like song, greatest song kind of battle. Uh, Metallica did it first. That's where I'm assuming they stole the idea from. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Faith No More fight. And it's when you like say songs. they, they Faith No More followers, isn't that sort of your page? Yeah. So was it your idea? Yeah, so it's songs battling it out. So, right, so the first round was Anne's song versus Last Cup of Sorrow. And I'm before you lost. do this, before you do this, yeah. how were the songs decided? Because there are a bunch of things that aren't there and there's a bunch of unusual picks to be on there. You've just mentioned Anne's song, uh, that that was a surprising one to me. But then also, why? how did two go head-to-head? Like, why would you put Cone of Shame with Midlife Crisis? Or Don't Ashes too much to into Ashes it, mate. with Separate? It's just a bit of fun. Yeah? Fucking hell. If you're really too much into it, you're going to spoil the fun. So anyway, <sighs> Anne Song versus Last Cup of Sorrow. Obviously, Anne Song should have won. It didn't. It got 21%, and Last Cup of Sorrow got 79%. Um, Sunny Side Up versus Ricochet. Ricochet would have won yeah, there, in my sense. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty obvious. Um, zombie Eaters versus Everything's Ruined was interesting. 37% Zombie Eaters, 63% Everything's Ruined. What the fuck is wrong with people? I actually thought Zombies would have come out the uh, the victor in that one. So I was... Right, this is the one that gets me. Chinese Arithmetic versus Gentle Mart of Making Enemies. Uh, Chinese Arithmetic, 17%. It's one of the greatest Faith No More songs ever written. I know. Uh, right, so Chris Nicker, who actually is part of Primitive Race, the mm-hmm. um, band that Chuck Mosley featured on, he said, these votes are lame. Just pattern us posing as F&M fans. There's no way Gentle Art of Making Enemies is better than Chinese Arithmetic. Chuck had his share of lyrical and performance genius. That completely shaped and defined F&M. This is one of them, and a true F&M fan would recognise that brilliance. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. Yep, yep, me too. Chinese Arithmetic was Chuck's strongest moment in Faith No More. Anyway, the next one, Separation Anxiety version Ashes to Ashes. I kind of thought Ashes to Ashes would come out on top there, and it did. Um, the next one, Strip Search versus Evidence. Now, I know how you love to shove evidence up your bum. Strip Search is a fucking amazing song. But why would you put those two up against each other? I had a hard time with that one. Exactly. That's the whole point. It's like Sophie's Choice, innit? Do you know what I mean? Pile it out. Come on, come on. Glad Strip Search should have won, I think. Anyway. What did you have go up against Pills for Breakfast? Pills for Breakfast and King for a Day. Yeah, that was an easy one. Corn of Shame versus Midlife Crisis. Midlife Crisis, 92%, which I kind of thought Midlife Crisis win, but I thought Corn of Shame would have had a better response than 8%. I have to confess, I I voted Corn of Shame because I just love the whole second half of that song. It's just phenomenal. And then I thought to myself, but Midlife it's Midlife Crisis. You know, like maybe it's it's had a lot more time out there you know, I'm just going for the new shiny thing. So I went back and changed my vote to Midlife Crisis. Ooh. Can't do that in an election, mate. Can't change your vote. Can't take your vote back. I think we can all take a page from this moment to really be clear about who you're voting for. Weird thing to say. Right. Okay. Have you got any more housekeeping? Because I'm bored of talking about housekeeping now. 
Yeah. You want to oh, you, you want to watch a concert, mate? Yeah, should we watch a concert? Let's watch Pink Pop. Oh, hang on. What? We did Sorry. We need what? to do emails. Oh, bollocks. We do, don't we? Yeah. Let's do emails. <laughs> oh, hold up. Um Oh, do you know what? Last week we discussed we were going to put a new jingle in for the beginning of the section and you like you didn't do it. Well, it's your letters. That one. It's your letters. Yeah, that because one. because underneath the whole thing, you just had this of tape hiss, uh, okay. tape, crunchy tape. I'll do it then. It's okay. your letters. It's your letters. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the door to creak and for your wife to come in and tell you off. She's 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 actually stood there staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you doing? What? What the fuck are you doing? Recording a podcast. You don't have a fucking mental. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right, that was good. Uh, okay, I got. I've got the uh, emails in front of me. Yep, me too. Um, shall I kick off with Steve Rolston's? You kick off. Because I Steve think. Stevie yeah, Rolston. Stevie Come on, Stephen start... Guy Rolston, impress me. Come on. If we start at the bottom, you can read the next one from Blus, because that's a good one for you to read. Okay, yes, Steve Rolston. Uh, hey, Mike and Jim. Unfortunately, I've fallen a bit behind with the podcast of late, what with life and each episode being about three days long. Fair enough. That isn't a criticism, by the way. I take my hats off to you talking about midlife crisis for three hours and wear? making it informative and engaging for the entire time is incredible. What are you saying? What? He said, I'll take my hats off to you. How many hats does the man wear? <laughs> um, talking about midlife crisis for three hours and making it informative and engaging for the entire time is incredible. Uh, as agreed by Bill Gould and Tim Thale, it would turn out, who called us geeks, if yep. I recall. That's pretty cool. Uh, anyway... I see that I have. Is it? Did you talk about that when you met? You were at the MC50 gig, yeah. And then Bill Gould said to Kim, "This is the guy that just talked about midlife crisis," and I got excited because I'm like, "Bill Gould called me a geek." Yeah, yeah. We talked. Well, okay, no, he cool. called us geeks, but my wife seems to recall the situation differently and thinks he called us freaks. Freaks. I'll take it. Whatever Bill wants to. Think of us, thinks we're geeks, freaks. He can call me what he wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll keep moving. Uh, anyway, I see that I have several hours of no doubt exceptional podcasting to come on the subject of King for a Day. I remember when it came out, I was on a gap year in Australia and remember being a bit disappointed when I heard it. I guess like a lot of Faith No More fans, I just wanted Angel Dust 2.0 and I felt it was too simple and sparse sounding. The sparse sound was due to a lack of Roddy, I realise in retrospect. In fact, I gradually fell out of love with them and I didn't even notice Album of the Year being released. By that time, I was at university in Manchester and was spending most of my time dancing in sweaty dark rooms to repetitive beats and diving headlong into the Beatles and Bowie. I saw Faith No More live on tour for Album of the Year at Manchester University. Oh, there you go. There you go. Silly Steve. Silly Steve. (laughs) <laughs> for the next 20 years, I would rarely revisit Faith No More, but if I did, King for a Day was the album that I would go to. Somehow that album, above the others, still held some allure. I was starting to get it. 
And then when the reunion happened, I turned back into a Faith No More superfan and have been ever since, and my love for King for a Day has grown exponentially. I think it's a genuine masterpiece. I particularly like the heavier side, Ugly in the Morning and Cuckoo for Kaka, but every side... <laughs> He's got here, it must be a auto-correct. <laughs> and Cuckoo for Cacao. <laughs> Yeah, I like Cookie that. for cacao. That's yeah, yeah that's, that's that's great. What but every song from is now genius. On, on this podcast, that Cookie is what cacao. it's called. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just crazy for that chocolate flavor. I don't relate to the negative feelings I had when it first came out, and to this day, it is the most likely of Faith No More's back catalogue to be coming out of my speakers. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the album, which we've. Done. Keep Don't. up the great work, and I'll see at least one of you at the UK gigs whenever they happen. Ooh. Yay. No, we can't, no, we're not we're not in anymore because they are happening next year. Yay! That's yeah, the new sound. Okay. I'm doing that more just because I found it so funny. Uh, thanks, Steve. Good to hear he came back to it. Thanks, Stephen. What was his name again? Thanks, Stephen Paul Steve Ralston. Ralston. Steve. Fuck. Guy. Stephen Guy Ralston. Dude, Thank Jesus. you, mate. Yep. I'd like to like to get his. You know, the full naming. Uh-huh, okay. Right, uh, what am I reading? Am I reading this one? And sorry, I just said that I wanted you to read Bluss, but then I remember that Bluss has sent us this audio. So, uh, loving the audio thing. Here's Bluss. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bluss from Los Angeles, California. First and foremost, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Man, this is awesome. Truly appreciate it, especially during this whole lockdown. You guys have been part of my daily routine for the last couple of months. Kind of feels like I'm just having a chat with some friends, you know. So, good way to kill the time here. So, yeah, my Faith No More story is uh, kind of the typical one. Is uh, Yep, when Epic blew up, that's when I first heard of them. Uh, I was, I think, 12 at the time. And I actually thought the song was kind of lame. I really didn't like them back then because uh, it was insanely popular. And um, I guess I was just one of those too cool for school kids. Um, but I slowly came around with uh, From Out of Nowhere and especially uh, Falling to Pieces. I'm a bass player. That's what I do for a living. And that's when I started playing bass was around that time and hearing Falling uh, to Pieces with that little bass intro kind of hooked me. I was like, hey, that sounds like a bass. I like that. But when I really got obsessed with Faith No More was an Angel Dust came out uh, because that's one of the greatest albums of all time, as I'm sure you guys would agree with me. Um, yeah, that album just completely just blew the doors wide open for me. It was just a life changer. Um, and unfortunately I didn't get to see them on that tour. Man, they came around with Helmet that time, I remember, and I was still a bit too young to go and see that. But my first time seeing them was on the King for a Day tour here in L.A. at the Palladium. You know the live version of Digging the Grave on the King for a Day deluxe version where Patton yells, shit, before the last chorus? Uh, Maybe you guys are wondering, why does he yell that there? What the hell happened? Uh, Well, here's what happened. Patton went to sing the Digging the Grave line right after the bridge, but he did one of those Patton moves where he kind of whips his body. You know, he does that thing. I don't know what you would call that, a body bang or some sort of whipping motion. Right as he's about to rip that vocal 
the mic slipped out of his hands. And for a split second, he thought he was still holding the mic because he kind of went for it. And he quickly realized, shit, the mic's gone. He scrambled for a little bit before he was able to find it on the floor between the monitors. As soon as he found it, he stands up and yells, Shit! The fact that he took the time to yell shit instead of just carrying on with a chorus, it was pretty hilarious. I think I was the only one there that thought so, but I was kind of giggling to myself. He also said something about holding on to 19 right before they played the real thing that night. And I was 19 at the time, so that was a real holy fuck moment, like he was talking to me or something. It was really weird. I got a little teary-eyed. Since then, I've managed to see them and Bungle every time they've come through town. I've seen some amazing shows from those guys. And, um, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hey, Jim. Don't listen to those pussies, dude. Keep screaming, brother. Don't let them keep you down. Yeah, boy. Seriously, though, uh, you guys uh, have a good thing going there. Good chemistry. It's like the straight man and the crazy guy. I don't know. It's good, though. I like it. Makes for an entertaining podcast. Can't wait for the Angel Dust episodes. Till next time. Peace. I do like that what he shared in that audio was he talks about, because I'd always wondered that live performance of Digging the Grave, and I think the first time I'd ever heard that was, I think the Ricochet single it featured on as a B-side. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Ricochet single, the one that I had I Want to Fuck Myself as a cover, but I think there was a live version of Digging the Grave, which later appeared on the deluxe edition, and you hear Patton, which he actually dropped the audio into his thing that he shared. Thanks for doing that. Uh, And you hear the, the... the shit and i always wondered what happened uh so it's it's cool to actually hear the backstory on that and i'd just like to say thanks to mike for pointing out that this guy has just said something about me doing more screaming uh yes i will be doing much more screaming i didn't listen to your audio but mike's told me that i have to pretend that i did (laughs) all right (laughs) uh you could you may like to share that bit of audio with your wife while you're at it. Why? Next time, just have it on hand. So next time she comes in to tell you off for screaming, you can just say, but Blast said it's cool. Don't let him keep you down. If it's good Blast for Blast, it's, right. it's good for you. Yeah. All right. Okay, we've heard from Rodrigo Horos. <laughs> Got it right. See, see, see. Nice. My mate Rodrigo. And he has right. sent us a uh, sound bite of him saying in his creepy little um, dwarf voice from <laughs> Twin Peaks, how to say the Macarena Festival. It's not the Macarena Festival, it's the Macquinaria Festival, not the Hey Macarena Festival. Aye. Let's listen to the right way to pronounce the Macquinaria Festival. Macquinaria Festival. Creepy okay, little fantastic. Rodrigo, little dwarf man with his little dwarf voice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, have you met Rod? No. Oh, he doesn't I like don't being called think Rod, I want Rodrigo. To. Um, <laughs> Not if he's like he, he's, this creepy little dwarf guy in a red suit that. Dude, I think he's out. I think he's taller than me. Like he's actually quite a like he's quite well, a tall, tall dude. guy. Yeah, oh, tall guy. Yep. Yeah, I didn't mean it. Didn't mean it, Horos. <laughs> uh, very good. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So just more, just more sound bites to keep in the to keep in the arsenal for whenever we are about to mispronounce something. Um, do you want to read this one? Yeah. 
big one. Yeah. Okay, this um, email is from Matthew Drug. Okay. It's not really. It's from Matthew Dry. He's trying to be Oh, funny. you jumped ahead. Dear Mike and Jim. Hang on. Do you I... actually know this? Do you actually know no. this guy or something? Or No. Just like ribbing on people. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. No, go for it. I'm sure. I'm going to read this in a funny voice now. Dear Mike and Jim, I, we, really love your podcast. Me and my friends, Jürgen de Boer and Ert Oosterhof, have discovered your amazing analysis during this <laughs> corona period. And we are grateful for every episode that pulls us for at least a couple of hours of this shitty lockdown period. As you were going to discuss the Pink Pop show in next episode, I just had to email you, because that show in 95 was my first Faith No More live experience. And what an experience it was. I was 17, and me and my friends went on with a bus from the north of the Netherlands to the south. Although the distance, <laughs> 300 kilometres, doesn't seem a lot for an Australian guy, I'm Australian, I'm from Yorkshire. But a Dutchman, <laughs> this is almost a trip to the end of the world. As we arrived, me f- oh, I'm fed up doing this. <laughs> I was going to say, how long are you going to keep this going? <laughs> and, uh, as we arrived, my friends took out their beers and weed to start the party, so to speak. Not me, I wanted to see my hero sober. The concert was everything I'd hoped for and more. From the first note of Ricochet to the last chord of From Out of Nowhere and the brilliance... Per- and the brilliant performance of from out of nowhere. That's interesting because that's we'll we'll get to that. I, I don't have from out of nowhere as part of the set list. Oh, he's obviously got it wrong. Interesting. Yeah, we probably he probably was stoned. He's probably lying. He's told uh, Matthew Strog. Got uh, a bit contact high. And the brilliant performance of especially Bill Gould during caffeine is something I will never forget. During the "It's So Easy for You" break, he played his riff for ages without missing a single note. He's giving a lot away. We're going to listen to this show in a, in, in a minute. Well, we don't have caffeine as part of the show, so. While Mike Patton was staring to the audience like a madman, the great version of "King for a Day," the goosebump version of "Just a Man," and the fantastic cover of "I Started a Joke." People were staring disbelief at each other, disbelief at each other when they heard that song. That's not on the set list either. Yeah, "Just a Man" isn't either. I wonder if. Pink Pop's getting mixed up with something else. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Anyway, it was all out of this world. They were on top form that day. I don't remember much of the other bands on the festival. Not because they were so bad, but because FNM blew me away. And yet the weird and beers at the weird and beers. The weird beers afterwards also took parts of my memory. Anyway, I think said, keep yeah, on the going with the great beers. work and I hope to see you guys in the Netherlands one day during an FNM concert. Greetings, Matthew Dry. Or Mate Matisse Drug. We have heard from Jeroen de Boer and Arusterhof before, and he specifically did say, please read those names Jeroen again, Jim. De it's such fun. De Do you know what? I might address this right now. So okay. he's mentioned that Just a Man was uh-huh. possibly played, and I started a joke, and from out of nowhere. Now, those songs are actually in the set list on Setlist FM, but they're not in the set list on... FNMLive.com. FNMLive.com. So there is an account of this gig that was on um, Caco Volante webpage. Yeah. Um, yep. And in, I think that's where Andy might have got his information from, his his quotes. So I'm wondering if that account is actually wrong. And maybe Faith the Mod did play the encore to this set. 
What do I've you think, feeling, Michael? I've got a feeling there'll be some housekeeping next episode. It's a mystery, Michael. Let's get to the you bottom must of this. this conundrum. Mm, interesting. I, I do, uh, as far as Andy Bowie and FNMLive.com goes. I trust I, Andy implicitly, I but do. if he's got the information for this set, because obviously Andy wasn't there, if he's got this from the old Cacovalanti database, yeah. then maybe that information was wrong from the database originally. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, when we do talk about Pink Pop, I've taken all my information on the set list from fnmlive.com. So if there yeah, is, uh, yeah. if there are any adjustments to be made, we can discuss next episode. But I, I do, I know that Andy does look to finding audience recordings and looks for the best account of what the most accurate information is. And I do trust it more than <clears throat> set list FM, which is, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The equivalent of Wikipedia for gig information. I agree, but now um, Matthew Cry, Mattis, whatever he's called, has just said this, then it's obviously a, m- there may be um, some more information that we're missing here. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fact that he you know, specifically remembers I started a joke and people staring and in from disbelief out of uh, yeah. from out of nowhere um, and also just a man. Um, All that information tallies more with the setlist FM. Yeah, and the only thing I wonder is, um, un- unless it's um, just confusion as to a witch festival or something. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to imagine that. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be good to dive a little deeper on that one. Okay. Anyway, I feel like that we've we've really we've really uh, exhausted Pandora's that discussion. Box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would tape my fingers together again while you read the next email. Yeah, okay. Well, this is a brief one. Um, Ivan Bachvarov. Uh, I've got the name wrong last time. Ivan Bachvarov. Hi, Mike. I just discovered that there is a place in Australia called Bungle Bungle Range. That is double bungle. It would be awesome if you record an episode from there one day. Sorry for the random email, but I immediately thought of the podcast when I saw that. And, you know, I'd never heard of Bungle Bungle Range before. So I looked it up, and uh, it's only 45 hours' drive from my house. I've heard of it. You have? Bungle Bungle Range, yep. I suppose any uh, diehard Bungle fan will have heard of Bungle Bungle Range. Yep. Uh, Stayed there. Long weekend. 2003. Hang on. Have you just joked? I can't hear you over the taping of your fingers. Are you saying that you stayed there in 2003, but then you're actually saying no, you didn't? What did you just say about Bungle Bungle Range? Nothing. Fuck you, Jim. Just, just get okay, on with and the then, podcast, man. <clears throat> we also have here in Australia, we have a Mount Krungle Bungle. I've been there. It's just three hours and 15 minutes from my house, Mount Krungle Bungle, which apparently Jim has been to. Fuck you, dude. Read the next email. Thanks, Ivan. Uh, I don't even know (laughs) which is the next email. Right, okay. The one that's subject, thanks and pedantics. Oh, I've proper pissed you off, aren't I? You're you're proper in a mood now, aren't you? uh, I need need another coffee. Just let's let's, let's do these emails. All right, mate. Sorry. Hey, Mike and Jim. This is Andy Sinters here. I'm the guy that made the comment about Jim saying linear notes rather than liner notes. I just wanted to say, I, I've never said that. I just wanted to say how much it makes me laugh when you refer back to that comment. What's he talking about? Dude, he sent us some audio. I'm telling you, he sent us some audio. It's just good to... 
I've never, yeah, but I've never said linear notes. What's the, this dude talking about? Anyway, I'm de- well, it's you that said it. Did. I'm delighted that I have played a small part in a repeating gag. I Do you think know there's a president from... in a Stop country talking. who I'm will just to read deny an email. saying things that are plainly recorded <laughs> and you can play them back? Speaking of, did you see him talk about his favourite passages from the Bible? Who? What? Uh, Trump. Anyway, Ooh. there's audio. Should we cut oh, to right. Andy's audio so he can <laughs> say yeah, it rather than you? Let's just cut to the audio. Fuck. I, what, do you not want me to read any more of this email? You don't need to. It's oh, in okay. audio. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Sorry, this email's from Andy Sintus. There you go. <laughs> we just did that one. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> it was my fault because I said, do you want to read it? And then I realised that. All right, this, this, well, hang on. Right, here we go. All right, this audio is from Andy Sintus. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Great intro, dude. <laughs> is it about linear notes? Oh, right, I'll yes. do another intro then. God, this no, this just, episode's that's, that's falling apart. Hang on, just, let just me keep all of that. Just let me untape my fingers. Right, okay. What the fuck are you doing, <laughs> taping your fingers for? It cuts the blood off, so when you undo them, it feels cool. Uh, right. Why don't you uh, tape so your mouth while I read right the emails, and then we can just move forward? Hey there, Mike and Jim. This is Andy Sintas here. I'm the guy that made the comment about Jim saying linear notes rather than liner notes. I just wanted to say how much it makes me laugh when you refer back to that comment, and I'm delighted to have played a small part in a repeating gag. I think you guys have gone from strength to strength over the last few episodes. I'm currently coming to the end of The King for a Day, side B. This is my second favourite album after Angel Dust, although it's pretty close between them, so I'm loving your analysis. I am surprised you glossed over the incredible build-up part of Cuckoo for Kaka at 3 minutes 9. That section is mental. I'm looking forward to hear you talk about the title track, as I've mentioned in a previous email that that song will be played at my funeral. I heard another one of your listeners say the same thing. I also have a favour to ask for my peace of mind. Every now and again, Mike, you say, and that's all I've got to say about that, in a sing-song type delivery. I know that's from something, I've heard it, I can almost picture it, but my brain won't release that information. Please, will you put me out of my misery and tell me what it's from? Cheers, Andy. Hey Andy, it's Mike here. I'm right in the middle of editing this episode and I realised that I didn't answer your question. Man, I've had the same thought. I have no idea where it comes from, um, but I feel like I've stolen it from somewhere. So, um, yeah, sorry, I can't help you. But uh, maybe someone else can write in um, and solve it for the two of us. And that's all I have to say about that. See, I'm overthinking it now. I don't even know if that... Is that how I do it? Okay, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We can finish up on... uh... Wobby. Well, we heard from Wobby, and there's not much Wobby. to it. He's just referring to Pink Pop. Wobby seems to think that the... Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't take it serious. You saying Wobby. Wobby. Sounds like some of the speech impediment saying Robbie. That's cute. He says that one quick thing about essentially Patton's stare in uh, King for a Day, which we'll get to, and he thinks it's more to do with the intensity of it, and it's not so much that it's an emotional thing. Oh, it's just you know an what? intense We'll talk about it when of, we get there, but... We'll get, we'll get there. But, um, I've been persuaded otherwise that it is emotion. Okay. We'll save the conversation for when we get to it? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Cool. So uh, stay tuned to hear about us talking about whether or not Patton's crying. And here comes us discussing Faith No More 
Live at Pink Pop, 1995. Okay, uh, my video is at zero and ready to do a countdown. Do you want to do the countdown, say three, two, one, go, and we hit on the go? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right, here we go. Patton says Mexican standoff. Mexican standoff. There it is. All right. We're in. Midlife crisis. Patton spits. uh, I tell you what, immediately, it gives you a great camera angle of Puffy. And all the way through this gig, and coincidentally the 2015 um, Pink Pop gig, there's some proper awesome camera angles. I just had to adjust oh. the volume of the video. Roddy trying to bit warm. And now we can see Patton picking things up here. And we just saw him pick Sausage. something up in the background. Yeah. And there's things flying through the air a couple of times. And we sort of in a little bit figure out what these things flying through the air are. Sausage. Oh, another one flying into it. Um <laughs> Dean Mentor here. Well, there goes one. Sausage. Sausage. Dementor. Remember we talked about the midlife crisis episode? Oh, I missed it. Go Maybe on. it's not this chorus. Oh. But Dementor has that great little wow bit that he plays in the chorus. I'll try and point it out next chorus. That Ernie. I love Roddy's shirt. That Ernie. Yeah, me too. That Ernie flag, the whole, the inflatable balloon thing just bugs me the whole show. <laughs> What's with all Have the you seen the Faith No More one though? Oh really? There's a yeah. There's the Wait, other listen, flag because I've got Faith No More. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard it. I love I love Patton in this era, just acting like a fucking loon. Sorry, I just realised it wasn't the chorus. I love his um. I love his stage, like the just the way he whips himself around. Like I I, lo- I like the fact. That it's you know it's a, f- a festival for all these people and they've literally patterns come out in some jogging bottoms and a scruffy t-shirt like he's decorating the living room. Yeah, I I, I miss that phase where they just wore just casual clothes and uh, I mean this is Faith No More's best live era. Definitely, I've said it before. Think so? Okay. It's plain to see. Look at it. Look at it. just. Look. And I do really love Dean Mental Live. I. Really, I've yeah, I like him. Really come to appreciate him. Oh, some good screams from Pat in this entire show too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Zon bass. Do you know what? I watched this gig? Oh, Patton's mental, and he'll love it. Uh, I watched this gig with my wife a couple of nights ago. Yeah. And her response was, "I'd fuck Patton." <laughs> Standard response. Yeah. Oh, and I um, had some friends over to watch Faith No More in 95, but the Alternative Nation show, which is my first ever show in Sydney. Um, yeah. This friend was watching Pat and just like, how does he move like that? Yeah, he does move really. Such strange movement in his body. I love it. I think once you get... I always tried to emulate it, but never, never succeeded myself. I, oh, there's the Faith No More flag. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Now cool he's look. playing with his pocket. What's he looking for? I think he's looking yeah. for sausage. 
No, but you see him reaching down and picking up sausages off the ground. Yeah. And then you see him going through his sausages now. And then at some point the camera moves away from Patton and then next thing it comes back to him. And I don't know what that guitar pedal is. I paused it, tried to have a look, couldn't figure it out. If anyone knows, please write in. Uh, I love Roddy at this period as well. He's got those, his painted Pain nails, nails he's and, got yeah. the bleach blonde hair, he's got bleach blonde hair even. Oh no, the ha. The ha's nice. It's nice mm. ha. So cool. Ha, Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like South Park. <laughs> hey, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that Roddy, Roddy obviously wasn't a part of the recording, but Roddy live here in 95 was also just quite funny. Quite sort of cheeky and playful. I love his, um, I don't know, just his dry way of look, looking out to the crowd. I don't know how to describe it, but look, Patton's got as much tape on the end of his microphone as I've got my fingers. Why? I always found it funny that um, Brandon Boyd from Incubus used to tape up his microphone just like Mike Patton, and Brandon Boyd just uh... doesn't move that much. Um, still an Incubus fan, but anyway. Bill's cool in this gig. He's just always... There's a moment... Oh, actually, I don't know what what I was looking at at the time. I love that Mike Borden still beats the shit out of the drums even during a ballad. Even during a song. Yeah, he always has done in evidence, though. Yeah. Still hitting them hard. But there was a moment in Midlife Crisis that you really see just how much Mike Borden's just beating the shit out of the drums. Patton's doing that thing that we discussed in last episode as well, that cabaret right at the front stage, clicking his fingers. Yes, yes. Pointing yep. the fake smile. Yep. I think about... I like how um, Dementor kind of is like... He kind of rocks back and forth. Yes. On, with both legs fully extended. <laughs> like he actually moves from one single spot of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a rocking horse. Yeah, it's funny that there's a point. I think it might have been just that point there, but I felt like Dean. He's eating the sausage. He, I mean, I know he's eating the sausage. Is this where he? Thanks for the sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe someone has thrown a sausage on stage and he's eating it. He's throwing. I mean, multiple yes, sausages. Yes, he's, he's pouring piss on his head and eating shit. And but do you know what I mean just think about someone threw a sausage at me I'm not sure that is. it's just unheard of these days you've got the gig where people are yeah. spitting in his mouth and throwing sausage yeah. I think of the hygiene gym sausages on stage anymore they didn't what's the world coming to they didn't have COVID-95 did they no god for that wouldn't have this kind of entertainment I know I kept banging on it for the last few episodes about how nobody compares to Trey but Dean's doing a damn fine job here. And that's what I was about to say. He actually does. Every now and again, you go, oh, he's all right. And then he fucks up. I don't think I don't okay. think we've <laughs> ever heard as many fuck-ups from a guitarist in Faith No More as what we heard from Dean. I think Dean, I was thinking about this, Dean would screw up in one show more than Jim Martin would an entire tour. But Sausage. Yeah, a bit of, bit of sausage. There, there we go. Look, he's having his sausage. See, what's with all the flags? Wouldn't you hate to be standing behind those people? At least that Faith No More one's nice and high. I tell you what, I did notice in the 2015 Pink Pop gig, there's no flags, so maybe they banned them. There, he's got got the hand going. Yeah. 
I've been at concerts where um, people, you know, even people just getting on shoulders, and people are like throwing shit at them to get down because they can't see around the people on shoulders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The flags are just, I don't know, ridiculous. Especially a beer commercial. Sausage. I always like the way he sang this bit. Up, oh, he sounds a little husky here. Actually, his voice sounds a little tired. Because he's got a mouthful of sausage. What is that? <laughs> is it the next song we hear a bit of a belch from him as well? Ah, so here in my notes, so um, this is where they actually go to caffeine, apparently. Okay, but. We don't get that. We go straight to easy in the video. But they went to caffeine and then what a day. And in caffeine, at the start, um, Patton apparently says, any more sausages for the rest of the guys? <laughs> oh, did you hear that horrible note then from Dean? Oh, I talked over it. I'll make sure oh. to turn it up on the... Uh... Yeah. Everybody looked at him. Oh, the whole band looked at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Patton lets out a bit of a laugh as well. Yeah. I got a couple of facts about. Oh, hey, up. Having a. Going a skinny little pier in cigarette? I thought that might have been a joint, but I think it's just a cigarette. Yeah, no, nah, it's a joint, mate. Of course it's a joint. It's tobacco. It looked all very. Well, there was even a tobacco pack. Let's say it's a joint. Okay. It's more fun. I've got a few cool um, facts on this gig. Uh, there were 49,000 people in attendance. Oh. Um, did you know that Pink Pop is the oldest and longest-running annual dedicated pop and rock festival in the world? Wow. So there you go. Is that it? Just two facts? <laughs> I was pausing for more facts. Uh, I've got more facts. Do you want more facts? Here you Send go. me Here's a fact. fact. It was on Monday, the June the 5th. 1995, there you go. Ah, that was, yes. And the other thing I was going to say as well is that they had already been, they are already deep into their tour. They'd already played a fair bit through April. In May, they played 27 dates of May. That's a lot of back-to-back shows. Yeah. So they'll, they'll... You'd have thought Dean could get this solo right then, wouldn't you? He plays this solo pretty well, actually. Still to go at this gig was the Levelers and Sinead O'Connor. The Levelers? Yeah. Not heard of them. The Levelers, they're a, a UK folk rock band, quite big in the 90s. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I do like, one, we see Patton smiling a bit, like he's actually genuinely having a good time, and I do like Roddy's backing vocals, and he actually sings a different pitch here. Little harmony. I've always liked when they used to put this next song immediately after this song. My wife said, Ooh, I don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've always... Because I, I, what I do like about festival shows is when you get a band like Faith No More that will mix up the dynamics, you know, so... The set list didn't actually have evidence and easy back-to-back, but we did see them in 
uh, 97 doing that a lot where they would play Evidence and Easy and then often burst into this. Well, unless they went into something like um, Epic. But I do like that dynamic for the audience. Do we have any idea what time it was? Because uh, we're talking about a European summer here, which means it gets dark at like 10 o'clock or something, right? Yeah, but there's still two acts to go after him. Because it looks like it's just starting to get dark now. The sun's just yeah. starting to go down. So you've got, still got two acts to go, and I would have thought the curfew would have been, what, 11 o'clock? Hmm. Yeah, no, just looking out there, it doesn't look like it's getting dark so, anytime soon. Maybe it's just cloudy. Maybe it's, what, about 5 o'clock, something like that? Mm. Yeah, I think I was way off on that comment. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's. It, it looked like it was getting darker than before. Maybe it's just my screen. <laughs> so a hoodie at the uh, show. At the festival. Yeah, they were playing on the other stage. Same day. Love it. The only thing is, all I can think is there was some disagreement between Faith and Warren and the Hootie the Blowfish. I don't actually think that they're. Uh, um, Advocating hooting the bloatfish and telling you to go out and buy a record, I think they're actually taking the piss. Wouldn't you say? Oh, almost certainly. But I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to know why. I wonder if they were just playing at the same time. But I mean, Faith No More have always done that at festivals. That if another band's playing at the same time, they'll slag and make fun of them. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I haven't until you've just said that. To be honest. Mm. Yeah. The- I just thought they like taking the piss out of everybody. I think almost every yeah. time I've seen Faith No More at a festival, they'll reference or say something about the other band that's playing. Or, you know, like you see some I'm of that live sure. footage from the reunion shows and Patton would pause and actually listen out for what he could hear. Got you. This, Got you. These are very loose claims because I can't think of actual examples that I can reference. <laughs> Have you seen that guy with the white on that's filming? To the right of the stage. Next time it does like a wide shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, we can see the set list yeah. on... that. Um, you can see it there as well. Oh, that microphone. See that microphone on the left hanging over the snare drum? I can see it, yeah. That's um, yep. that's a Beta 57, which is I've talked about before because it's the same microphone that Patton uses, uh, used through Tomahawk mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first Tomahawk shows. Next time it um, closes in on Puffy, check out he's got his drumsticks the wrong way round. Oh, yeah. That's sort of his thing, I know we spoke it? about that before, but... You can actually see it on this quite clearly. I love the drum head. I forgot about that because they, they changed that up. The drum head sometimes had the blue dog on it during 95. Oh, right, but yeah. See, we yep. can see the, the cop. Dark mm-hmm. grey cop image. I, I like that. I'd love to get one of those drum heads that he's used over the years. I bet he won't part with them, though. Where do you reckon they ended up? Do you reckon he ever gave them away, or do you reckon he's hung on to a lot of them? Nah, knowing... From what I know of Puffy, he collects... He's quite a bit of a kleptomaniac, so I bet he's got them all at home. A a collectomaniac or a kleptomaniac? Kleptomaniac. He steals things. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he likes to steal. No, you know what I mean. He collects things. Yep. (laughs) It's like classic Puff. Being good gets you stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, so we can see the set list. I think I keep getting distracted. Like just that then. dude has got the best view ever, hasn't he? Oh, you're talking about the Sat camera the guy camera. again? Yeah. I keep. Yeah. I'm getting so keep distracted the now. Subject. I wonder if Hootie and the Blowfish have ever watched this performance. Probably. Oh, what the fuck is oh, Good little sorry. jump from Bill. Bill's little bounce there, little jump in the air. It's so cool. Yeah. Look at how fucking wrecked those sticks are. <laughs> He's doing his thing. Rocket horse movement. He does do that thing, doesn't he? He has one leg in front, one behind. He just rocks. Yeah. It's a shame they don't do caffeine in this telecast because... um. Oh, if the camera guy zoomed out, we would have got some nice uh, abs from Patton then. Okay! Oh, uh, this bit here. Ruddy. Look, the sun's coming out. He says everyone looks pink and he goes... All your faces look pink. <laughs> and he laughs at himself. I wonder if he's about to make a pink pop joke. Where'd he go? Where'd that drummer go? Where'd drummer go? Oh, What's that that, my, that Patton's fucking about with there on the on the drum riser? Well, that's that's the drum is that machine. His um, oh, is that the drum machine? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure whether that was the drum machine or it was something to do with his monitors. No, that's that's the drum machine. But and then he seems to get the shits with the camera camera guy at this point. Like, I don't know what he's. Don't fucking touch that. Because I've seen him get the shits with camera guys before. But yeah, I, I do. I don't know a lot about vintage drum machines, but um. Yeah, I think it's a little unit that he's just dialing in and probably just playing with the volume more than anything. Just getting it set. I do like seeing this song live. The thing is, though, with, with this particular telecast, because um, I think now's the, the, the time to talk about it, but they opened with um, Ricochet mm-hmm. and then went into Be Aggressive. So on... Roddy's keyboard we can see the set list and you can see Nirvana written at the top which was their you know their working title the the name they would use for Ricochet uh, so they went Ricochet be aggressive into Midlife Crisis which we saw then Evidence and that's where we apparently then went to Caffeine and Water Day before Easy which we saw Introduce Yourself We Care A Lot and then we apparently they played Get Out before playing this which would have been good to see. Look at Bill there. Proper love Bill's face and this. He's like, proper like, like a little kitty in a I, sweet shop. It's funny, it's like he's looking at Roddy sort of to say, like it, there's like a joke he's trying to point out and Roddy just doesn't get it. Yeah. He's like... Like he's saying, look at us, we're playing a massive festival, playing this really laid-back song and nobody knows what the fuck's going on. He's like, yeah, he's loving it. And Rod- All these rocker dudes in the audience are like, what? <laughs> oh, by the way, I have to retract a comment that I made... In the Roddy episode, I think it was about his sound on the keyboards in this. Oh, yeah. I said I didn't like it. Yes. But w- when rewatching this song, I actually figured out I do actually really like the sound he's using. Yeah, I love the outro part. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agreed with you too. I think when we did the 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 episode for this, I think I may have agreed with you, but I I I really enjoy this live. 
Yeah, and Dean does a surprisingly good job. I think they all do. It's a bit more syncopated. Oh, I love... I just look at Roddy's face, man. And when he's bobbing his little head around, it's brilliant. <laughs> love it. And obviously we do have um, Mike Borden in the background now playing along to the drum machine. Yeah. Which has sort of lifted the uh, intensity a little. Intensity's not the right word. It's lifted the life. Hey, look, it's Tank Girl. Oh, 95 Tank Girl. 95 Tank Girl. I love that bass line there. We still get the... Um, oh, this is the... Yeah, this is when Brody starts messing around with that melody line. We also get the, the good little bass fills as well, the boom, bling, bling. I do enjoy Patton's ad lib too. It's good. Yeah, totally. So I'm just watching it now. Yeah, me too. I forgot we're doing a podcast. I guess. Oh, yeah, love this bit. And that's such a great angle as well. That's such a great camera angle. It's not often you get to see what Roddy's doing behind his keyboards. Mm. Yeah, she's really well filmed. I mean, look at this such cool angle after cool camera angle. That was a very Great moody shots. one, the out-of-focus, yeah, you know, yeah. focus on the symbol and then shift more, more often than not, when you get a live performance, it's just pretty much straightforward camera work. Mm. But, the, you know, they've taken a bit of artistic license on this. And this bit here, when it closes in on pattern and you just get his profile with all the crowd in the background. Mm. This is brilliant, this bit here. Such a cool angle. Look at that, and you get the full profile of Patton's face. Yeah, I'd never really appreciated that's that, a, actually. That's awesome. Such a handsome man. Oh, he is. <laughs> I suppose to... There, there, look at that. How cool is yeah, that? That is, that is cool. It's a huge like a double yeah. chin there, too. So slim. It's because he's just shaved off his big bushy beard. Mm. Oh. You know, I actually quite like the way Dean plays the guitar in this. There's a real sort of choppiness to it. Like I just said, syncopation. Um, mm. Caralho voador. But you get it a bit with... um. I keep getting distracted by actually listening and then I just don't talk. But you get a bit of syncopation yeah. in the guitar playing here too. Oh, I get you. A bit of a choppiness, a bit of edge. I do just love Patton's voice through this whole 95 era too. Like, it's just, it's, uh, uh, 
you know, it's match fit, it's road fit, you know, like they've just been playing. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole band are amazing through this era, but they've just been playing back to back and they're just like, everything's just, you know, so I'm sure that when they had an off night, they were just going through the motions. But then when they had a, a, a an on night and this, this show, they seem particularly on. You know, because they've just been doing so many shows. They're just, they're locked in. They're just they're tight. Everyone's playing well. Patton's voice just sounds rugged and strong. Going back to what we were saying about the way that Patton moves. Mm. Like some kind of like crippled animal or something. <laughs> He's just, it's like in, in, ni- in the early 90s, he had this kind of like goofy stage presence and then through the through 92 he, you know the angel dust era he had this kind of like crazy spazzed out attack things like he's doing now yeah, yeah, but yeah. it seems like in 95 he just didn't have control over his own his own body do you know what I mean yeah, I know. he's yeah. just fucking losing he's just so insane and those stances that he does with his legs wide apart crouched down on the ground they're just such classic pattern do you know what I mean like where he is there now I feel like he um, yeah it's like he refined his moves through angel dust you know he's slowed down a little bit he got the wide stance going he got the crouching thing going um, but it really sort of came together in 95 with that movement but but we know Patton wouldn't have specifically contrived these movements that sure. just nat- no, come no, no. naturally to him yeah. but it's just just so insane and I mean so many people tried to copy these movements with the new metal era I know I did oh, dude, when I was in yeah, I'm guilty of that and you just Fuck. know you can do it like Patton no. uh, you know I'll always you know how he has this way of like resting his like his his hand will go a bit limp and he'll rest his yeah yeah. Uh, we're talking over the best bit yeah. of the song too shit that that with his hand yeah that exact thing I still yeah, remember yeah. to this day. Fuck, it's so embarrassing, but who cares? It's 21 years ago. I remember being the singer of a band, just wanting to be Mike Patton. <laughs> and I remember... Yeah, I, I used to do that as well. I, I used to make my hand go low. I remember yeah. standing on stage performing, and I saw one of the guys in one of the other bands standing at the back talking to his mate and mimicking me and pointing out what I was doing as if they were saying, hey, look, he's doing the Mike Patton thing. Like, uh, I could actually see from the stage someone making fun of me. And I... St- uh, uh, ugh, cringe. Just cringy. Think back. The great thing, though, is not that many people knew Mike Patton was and his stage antics, so you could get away with it in a lot of environments. Yeah, well, I mean, this was another band. And, you know, I mean, this was... Oh, okay. Sydney live okay. scene, there was pretty much we were only playing to the bands and their girlfriends, so. Now. Okay, we come now to the uh, intense hypnotic. Is Patton crying or is he just got some sweat in his eye? Well, there is a, there's an initial. I mean, it's so funny that we care so much, but I think what this comes down to is the performance or the. The persona of Patton on stage has always been very sarcastic, very dry, playful, humorous sort of thing. Like, he doesn't sort of seem to take things too seriously on stage. So when we get something Mm -hmm. that captures a moment of what looks like true vulnerability, which we never see from him really on stage, like that, that kind of vulnerability, let's say, 
um, you know, we're making a bit of a fuss about it. But, oh, um, really cool camera angle there. Puffy's foot. But I think this initial tear down the side of his face, I, th- I think that's sweat. He's certainly into it. Yeah, but, right, okay, I thought it was, but it's the when it ends and he comes out of like a trance. That's what convinced me that there's more to this. There's, there's emotion in this as well. It's, uh... Yeah, so there's that drop falling down the night, just looks like sweat. But there is a moment where you can actually see it pooling up in his eyes. You can see the reason why Mike Patton's never grown a full beard as well. Because <laughs> he can't! I wonder why he says silly look in your eyes rather silly look in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. But that's what Again, made me think of. Lyric switch. But he's just always done that. Yeah. Live, he's switched, always switched to the your. So about here you see that actual big drop. And you can still hear him saying look in your eye. Now he isn't blinking a lot. <laughs> you say that just as he blink. He isn't blinking. Much, yeah. <laughs> but you do see, you do see it sort of. He's he's in a trance. He's in it. Now I think you can actually see his eyes starting to fill up now. Mm. And there's no way he would hold a bit of sweat in his eye for this long because it'd obviously sting. Yet when we come back to him here, it's still there. That's where it's really welled up. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, there's, I don't know, there's something almost authentic about that. You know, not the usual sarcasm. Yeah, and you can see the trail different. down his face where the, the tear or sweat's gone. And it's that bit there, that bit there, yeah. where he, he just... Yep. It's like he's coming out of a trance. That's what suggests to me there was it was emotion in that, and there was something more to that than we know, <laughs> and we will ever know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... But that is one of the most... Uh, uh, it's just one of the best, most emotional, heart-wrenching moments I've ever seen in a Faith No More set, and I can't believe it's only recently that I've noticed it. Yeah, what well, was pointed out to us from uh, I think it was yeah. Matt yeah. that wrote in. But um, yeah, I mean, it feels kind of lame and fanboyish to make such a fuss about that. But I just, I think it is because we just never really get that authentic persona from him that it's you know such yeah. a big deal. But yeah. Anyway, that's there. It is. <laughs> I like my pattern. I do like Mike Patton. I like his voice. Right, anyway, epic. Fuck, he hits those drums. I th- the one thing about this show itself is, like, I am a bit, you know, seeing Easy live, like, I'm a bit... It's not a big deal anymore. You know, there are other songs I'd like to see, and I think Epic's always a treat to be there for but it's less exciting to watch actual footage of 
Do you know what though? They hadn't got to a point, I don't think, yet in '95 where they were. I think to, actually, I rephrase that. Towards the end of '93, it looked like, like they couldn't be bothered with this song anymore. They just yeah, kind of sure. like my pattern didn't really give it any energy or anything. But this performance is great. Yeah, he's really putting his right. all in it. There's, I, I guess, there's something to be said for a festival when you've got an audience that possibly don't know much of their catalogue. You know, they'd recognise Easy, which is probably why mm-hmm. they're playing Easy at festivals. But to perform, uh, to perform Epic, I'm sure must have been a bit of a delight because you have an audience suddenly go, "Oh, I know this one." And they're getting yep. a bit of crowd reaction too. I've always wondered why Dean played it like that there. This is why I kind of like Dean. I always thought that Dean and Patton made a good combo together on stage. They look really cool. Yeah, He's definitely the, the most animated guitarist they've yeah. ever had. I mean, he was he's the, the sloppiest player that they've had, but Look at I actually think the most interesting live. Yeah. I didn't mention it, but there's a real swooshiness to this recording. Like a real... Yeah, I, you really notice it at the beginning of King for a Day. It did pop into my head then. You notice it oh, on the it guitars. Might be the second verse of King for a Day. Yeah, through We Care A Lot. So if anyone's picked up on that swooshiness, that's actually in the... Either in the recording or in the the rip of this show, so uh, yeah, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. It wasn't me. We didn't do it. I always love this bit live as well. Oh, oh, bit of a slip. This is what I love about Patton in this period as well. He falls over on his ass countless amounts of times, but it doesn't faze him. Yeah. I think that's the thing about 97 and the suits. Like, I do like the casual... You know, it was almost like they reeled it in once they were wearing suits. Mm, a little bit. Oh, that... that yeah, but I think Patton still had his crazy moments in '97. Yeah, I yes, but not quite as uh, uh, loose. sporadic. Yeah, and uh, I, I think they. Yeah. Oh, that one a bit for the ladies there. Patton gets his abs out. <laughs> yeah, Patton. We see oh, talking it? to. That's it. So we see Patton huh. talking to Mike Borden there. Now, apparently, this is where they turn to the audience and they say, we're out of time, you choose just a man or digging the grave. And this is on fnmlive.com. And mm-hmm. they get the audience to choose whether they play just a man or digging the grave. Crowd chooses digging the grave and they actually close out with digging the grave. Now, we just saw Patton chatting to Mike Borden and I wouldn't mind betting that that's exactly what's happening is he's catching him out before he... Uh, you know, starts drumming and um, yeah. says, don't so count this the is, song. This is where we've got the, um, where we're not quite sure. So there is an account of this gig on Cacavalanti database. And um, basically it's a fan. He was there and he's talking about the gig. And he ends up talking about the Faith No More set with, at the end, 
Dean played the riffs to both Just a Man and Digging the Grave. And Mike and Bill, who is talking a lot these days, lets the audience choose. Obviously, they played Digging the Grave. Due to the strict time schedule, there was no time for an encore. Now, this is from an eyewitness. Okay. However, it does say on Setlist FM that they did do an encore, um, and they did play Just a Man, and they did do an encore, which is what a day I started joking from out of nowhere. And that information seems to agree with what we had in the email at the beginning of the episode from... Uh, from Matisse or Matthew. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. So we are, you know, maybe this is time we need people writing in and telling us, were you there? What, where did the set end? Did it end with Digging the Grave or did they carry on for those, just those few more songs? Um, Matisse, was this the gig you were at or have you confused? You know, we need, we need to know, was the person that wrote into Cacavalanti database, are they confused? Are they wrong? We don't know. Because I wasn't there. We weren't there. I'd like to know. You weren't there. And I'd like no. to know Andy Bowie's source for, uh, yeah, for this one, yeah. fnmlive.com. You know, how, how confident is he with the account? Um, the fact that it contradicts what part of what Setlist FM says actually has me believe that he's possibly got other sources that would correct it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in time, okay. I hope that we, uh, that we can get to the bottom of it. It's important. It is important. Mm. Almost as important as Pat and Crane, but not quite. <laughs> no, nothing seems as important as Pat and Crane. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, we should do those more often, those kind of episodes, because they're fun. Oh. It feels, uh, uh. feels a bit different doing it as the sun comes up over coffee, as opposed to the uh, the download one, which uh, there's a few more a few more tinnies you involved. You were pissed all the way through the download one, weren't you? That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Ars, holy ode. You talk about yeah. uh, putting on weight and going for, you know, getting into running and things. And I've got to say that I've slowed down on the tinnies lately. The uh, the whole uh-huh. lockdown indoors, not going out too much. I'm not much of an exercise person, and the, uh, the tinnies were getting the better of me. Bit of a bit of a gut starting to show. So certainly don't look like Patton when I pull my shirt up. You don't look like Patton anymore. Well, when I pull my shirt up, I don't, you know, like in Pink Pop when he pulls his shirt up and you said, nice little shot shot there for the ladies, yeah. you know, when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't look like that when I pull my you shirt up. You don't look like that. No. No, I don't. Hey, is this where we do uh, new music before we talk about other things and close things out? Let's do new yeah. music. You got any new, new music? music? New music. Do we have a jingle for new music? No. Nah. I know you've got some new music. What? <laughs> uh. What are you talking about? You Do you remember when you lost no your way. temper with me in this episode? No, never happened. Yeah, you did. No, yep. no. Hey, there's um, there's a band called yeah, Muzz that I need to actually get. To, actually, both these things I'm recommending and excited about. I haven't actually listened to them through yet. But uh, this new band, Muzz. Muzz is a collaboration with a few people. I think it's like The Watchmen, but it's the singer of Interpol, I believe. Uh, I could probably... I, I need to prepare better for new music because Muzz... Uh, sounds like it's interesting, but I haven't even listened to it that much, and I obviously did not prepare this part of uh, our show. But also, uh, at this time, Run the Jewels, uh, you've got Killer Mike in there, Run the Jewels, new album. I haven't given it the time of day that it deserves, uh, but the, the the couple of songs that I have listened to, it sounds intense, amazing, um, and really appropriate right now. I am keen to give that 
a proper go and I would highly recommend that. That it? Jim? Yeah. Well, we've got uh, a brand new fucking song from Mr. Bungle. Oh, I thought you'd mention that. Yeah. The first Mr. Bungle recording since 1999. How fucking amazing is that? Yep. Just a shame it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was pretty cool to see oh, a sorry, new man. Mr. Nah, Bungle song it. on not Spotify. Mm. I, I do. Uh, I will say I like the production. I do like the yes. sound, which yeah, shows sounds, promise. Yeah, sounds awesome for how Raging Wrath will sound because we know that's what yeah. they've been up to. Um, yeah, dude, I don't. I feel just the same as you know, speak Spanish or die. Like uh, you know, just yeah. You know, it's. They're well done. They're, they're great songs for their time, yeah, so to speak. They, they, oh, but, um, it's not Mr. Bungle, though, is it? Where's the saxophones? Where's the craziness? Where's the genre shifting? Where's the fucking... Oh, it's not my Mr. Bungle. Where's my Mr. Bungle? I want my Mr. Bungle back. But look, Mr. Bungle back. Never thought I'd be able to say that, so it's cool. You know, this is the start of something. This is the, the These are the embers burning. We will have flames well, Much soon. like your garden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just slowly. Just Why have they called it USA and not fuck the USA? I, I, I wondered if that was like a statement toward the USA that, you know, they've just called it USA and then clearly Well, they've certainly changed the tune. Fuck the USA. So they've gone from God damn it, I love America to fuck the USA. <laughs> it only <laughs> took them 30 years to get there. Yeah. But like I say, it's not my Mr. Bungle. I'm just waiting for... Your you know, Mr. Bungle. Something I could, something that I can really get my teeth into. Something that I, you know reminds me of the old days. <laughs> the th- the thing about Mr. Bungle is that they're self titled to Disco Volante to California, all very different sounding albums. Whatever the fact that we've got something else is wonderful. They were never going to do the same thing again. You're taping your fucking fingers again. Fucking hell. But it'll be exciting to hear Raging Wrath still thrash and, you know, it's not the same. I really, 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 really hope we hear from Mr. Bungle with Danny Heifetz and Bear McKinnon again. I really hope this is the start of something. I really hope that Trevor Dunn and Trace Bronson and Mike Patton are happy working together again. I hope something could come from isolation and lockdown and the extra time they get from not performing live. I wonder what else there could be to come from all of this also the pressure that could have been felt not that they would have succumbed to any pressure but the the own personal pressure for the the amazing extraordinary releases of the the three albums that they had to do a project like raging wrath of the easter bunny sounds like you know like it's something different i don't imagine that it's possible that it could be as extraordinary but perhaps perhaps i hope that the uh, this just essentially wipes the slate clean for Mr. Bungle that they could just experiment with something else. I hope there's more to come. That's all I've got to say about that. Uh, should we do the jingle? Motherfucker. Oh, I miss that guy. <sighs> What's in news, Jim? The only Faith the More news I've really got is that obviously Faith the More have cancelled their US tour with corn which was supposed to happen this summer it's done it's kaput they ain't gonna let the us down there will be gigs but obviously not with corn 
I think that's just the issue here. There's obviously some kind of scheduling issue. I don't think they're just thinking, fuck you, USA. Oh, hang on a minute. Fuck you, USA. Maybe fuck they are USA. thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mr. Bangla there. No, I don't think they're thinking that at all. I think nah. they will be back in America next year. Uh, I just think they are looking at the logistics of it. And that is the only Faith No More news I've got. Well, dude, we'll be back at it in another couple of weeks, I imagine. So there'll be more. Yep. Oh, do we know what we're going to do next episode? I don't think we do, do we? No. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe we can, if, if there's something that we want to encourage people to write in for, we'll figure it out and we'll put a post up on our Facebook and Instagram and say, hey, specifically write into us or send us a voice memo to podcast.gmail.com. My only gripe with doing that is the preparation involved. And I just don't know if I've got the energy or the time for that research right now. But yeah. we now have two offers. <laughs> We've now had two listeners write in offering to help with the preparation of the Bill Gould episode, which I will be taking mm. them up on that offer. Uh, so that is to come. Uh, so if anyone else has input on the Bill Gould episode, now's the time to start writing in while we prepare something. So if you have, you know, even just a little tidbit or a little contribution, uh, your favorite Bill Gould moments, even some audio or something you want to share in regard to Bill Gould and Faith No More, I think it is, you know, soon enough we need to do that. And you did say that the next member-focused episode would be Bill Gould, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, look, yeah. please, yeah, podcastcrisson at gmail.com. If you want to make a contribution to that show, we'll we'll round up the information we have. It's, I think it's just the pressure. Like, I want to do it justice. I yeah, said that yeah, before yeah. about yeah, doing a Chuck Mosley episode. And, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, right. man. Is that it? Sweet. Can I go to bed? Yeah, I'm going to start my day. I've got to start work in five minutes. So. Oh, shit. All right. <sighs> All right. You've been listening to Podcast Croissant. This is Mike. Who? Hootie, hootie, hootie. I've done it the wrong way around. And this is Jim. Hootie, hootie, hootie. That works. <laughs> I'm going to try and get a hold of some audio from that Pink Pop show, one of the songs that we haven't, that we don't have in the video. Ooh. Right, yeah, and yeah. And that'll be, that'll be the tag to this episode. Cool. Cheers. All right, we're going to do a bit of Stevie Wonder for you now. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, yeah, we are. For the Stevie Wonder Like a fool when it's stay too long Now I'm wondering if your love's still strong
Thank you. So as you work up here. There's gonna be more sausages for the rest of the guys. So it's vice versa.
zover Fate No More hier uh, live op het Pinkpop Festival.